There has been an awakening, and we have felt it. You're traveling the Junlin Wastes with Mark and Dan, a podcast exploring the issues, ideas, and the imagination from the legendary Star Wars tales through the new expanded universe and beyond. Good evening, I'm Mark. With me is my co-host, Dan. Hello. And you are traveling the Junlin Wastes again. It is June, July of 2017. It is our summertime edition of the podcast. We're just coming off of a, a great convention that we went to, the Connecticut Comic Con, with two N's. <laughs> and uh, yeah. there's a lot of news that, that has come out between uh, between that convention and, what is, and, and today. Um, before we go and start getting into some of the news and some of our impressions and, and, and some of the information we want to present to you today, uh, I want to give a big shout out here to Bill, who's the uh, host of It's a Podcast, Charlie Brown. Um, I actually uh, contacted Bill because um, here's something you may not know about Mark from from, from the, <laughs> the Traveling on the Waste podcast is that Mark is also a really big fan of Charlie Brown. And uh, I found his podcast. It's called It's a Podcast Charlie Brown where you can act, go to Facebook and look it up called It's a Podcast Charlie Brown. And you can also go to charliebrownpodcast.libsyn.com and you can find it on iTunes as well too. Um, I, I, I mentioned to Bill that I'm also a fellow podcaster and that uh, I enjoyed his podcast about uh, Charlie Brown where he goes through and he sort of like breaks down a lot of like the, uh, those, those early Charlie Brown uh, animated specials, which is, which is a lot of fun. Nice. I mentioned I was a podcaster and it was good to meet him. And he actually gave a shout out to the uh, Traveling John Lewis oh. podcast on his last episode. Wow. So uh, I, I would love to, I'm Very returning nice. the favor now to my buddy Bill out there. Uh, if you have a chance, if any of us, our listeners really enjoy Charlie Brown and Peanuts and the animation and the art, uh, check out his podcast. It's a lot of fun. And I appreciate uh, the fact that he gave us um, some nice, uh, some nice words on his podcast as well, too. Thanks, Bill. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah. Amazing. Good, good stuff. Yeah. So since the last time uh, we spoke here, yeah. Dan and I were uh, on the road again. Yeah. On the road again. Not with Willie. Not with yeah, Willie. Can't wait to get on, on the road, road again. again. That'd be fun. Imagine Willie Nelson coming with us on a on a, on a, on, a, on a convention. <laughs> Man, I think we would have to get on his bus. Maybe you know that's the red. That's yeah. what we gotta do. Okay. At that'd this be, point, you never know. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Uh, but we were on the road to Connecticut Comic Con that was mm. at uh, Foxwoods Casino in Connecticut. Oh yeah. Um, good convention. I had a good time there. Yeah. Um, three big names that we uh, had an opportunity to, uh, to to meet were Spencer Wilding, Jim uh, Just, Jim Steranko, and Timothy Zahn. So let's go through. Uh, we'll, we'll go in, I guess, uh, a little bit of uh, chronological or how how we how we ran that day. Sure. So the first uh, guest that we had the opportunity to meet, which you know we we actually got pretty quickly, we we're standing in line for just a few moments, was to meet uh, Spencer Wilding, uh, Darth Vader from uh, Rogue One. Um, I had uh, been wanting to get my uh, Legacy of the Sith print done by uh, Mark uh, artist Mark McKenna, uh, signed by him. Yeah. So I got into we got into line there and we waited for him. Big fella, really tall. Very strong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. We, we came up to him, and um, 
he was he was a very very pleasant fellow. Almost like a little bit like uh, like Dave Prowse when you when when you meet speaking of Darth Vader's. We well, met Dave Prowse. He, he shook yeah. your hand, said hello, how are you, and yeah. and, and and let we let him know how much we enjoyed the uh, the movie and uh, his 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 role in it. Um, Dan, you had actually even spoke. You you even like uh, handed off one of the uh, official Raybard cards to him, right? Yeah, I just told him I, we had a recent review uh, in a magazine called The Big Takeover, and they mentioned uh, that our music has a lot to do with mm -hmm. uh, British folk music, which is uh, interesting. Mm -hmm. And so I mentioned it to him, and uh, we got in a little conversation, and I gave him a card. And uh, he's a very interesting guy. I really I really enjoyed meeting him, and he just seemed like. Uh, very genuine. As a matter of fact, uh, there was a there was a kid right before, who had, who had made made him like had drawn like this little hand drawn thing. Yeah. Probably like a six seven year old kid. Yeah. And it was like of him meeting Darth Vader, like the actor. Oh, and he, really? like, made it. And he took it and he and he taped it up on in front oh, of, uh, on his, of his uh, name. name. Wow, that's so nice. I just that's thought so it was nice. told a lot about who he is, and I really enjoyed meeting him. I actually yeah. I I heard some of the um, that day there was. Um, a meeting of the Sith that day because uh, actor Ray Park, who played Darth Maul, was also in the house, wow. and they had a uh, they had in a one hour conversation. It was uh, artist Kevin Lyle speaking with Ray Park and Spencer Wilding, and I actually heard that on the uh, the Rebel Force Radio podcast, which was a good, really good interview. If you want to check it out, you'll have to check it out. It's really nice to hear them both speaking about huh. their roles as Sith lords. But um, like I said, I, I I really enjoyed getting to meet him. Uh, I was thrilled I was able to get an, another uh, Sith signature on my print. Um, good representative of, yeah, of, of, was, of the Sith, I would say. Yeah, it was also like quite a nice signature. I mean, it, didn't, it wasn't just like some initials. You know, it's funny. I was thinking yeah, about this as well, too. Nice. Is I mean, that very um, good. I, I'm not going to start giving out numbers and dollars and so forth on, 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 on what people and what actors and actresses charge for... for you don't for, kiss and tell? Uh, I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it, it, regardless of that, sometimes you will get a, a, a an individual who will just you know almost sign their doc name as if they're like some doctor writing on a prescription, and others will 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 try to give you the 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 experience that you're paying for, the 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 the, the, the few moments of conversation, the few few moments of give and take between, and being able to to sign a uh, an autograph in in I would say like a very genuine, very friendly way. And Spencer did that. Spencer, you know. Yeah. He'd be personalized to me, wrote down, may the force be with you, and put down love, 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 Spencer Wilding, Amazing. Darth Vader, Rogue Boom. One. Boom. So it was, uh, it was nice. it's a very nice collectible. I think it's a great print in the first place. I mean, I got this a couple years ago, like I said, from Mark Whoa. McKenna. But this, another, and also Ray Park, I got a couple years ago, if you remember when we met Ray Park at sure. Super Mega Fest. Uh, yeah. He's on there, too. So, yeah. um Good time meeting Spencer Wilding. I was thrilled that we were able to do that. Uh, the next individual we got to meet was um, Timothy Zahn, author Timothy Zahn, who I think both of us have been waiting a while to uh, to get an opportunity to to, to speak to. He, yeah. of course, had his has his new uh, novel, Thrawn, which is out. I'm in the middle of reading it right now. I know you had finished this, so we'll try to stay out of uh, spoilers until sure. uh, I'm finished with it. Yeah. But um, you had the opportunity. I, 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 I went up to him and I had my, my book... Um, signed by him, and I spoke a few a few moments, but I saw a line in back of me, and I didn't know whether or not I should be moving, so I moved things along. Um, yeah. But you had a good opportunity that you get to speak with him a little bit. Yeah, I, I spoke with him, and 
We had a very interesting conversation, and um, I had noticed uh, being a student of history and sp uh, particularly the Second World War, I noticed that there's a lot of similarities into how he portrays um, the 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 empire and the uh, Germans of the 1930s and 40s, the Nazis. Oh, that's what you asked them? Oh, and so yeah. I, I yeah. noticed it. I could yeah. tell. And also particularly in the way, kind of the, some of the details about about how how he, you know, how things worked. And, you know, um, you know, there's that line from The Shining, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was definitely the yeah. motto. Yeah. Uh, you know, people often think that, think that the... The Germans, because they were such monsters in that time period, mm -hmm. uh, you know, maybe they were repressive or something. But just the opposite is true. They were they were very much into parties and and all sorts of wild mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. And um, he kind of portrays that in Thrawn, in terms of the parties and the social structure and the cut well, even and, and the cutthroat at... nature. And I, I just thought that was fascinating that he he understood that you know things aren't always what they seem within mm -hmm. within fascism and with a, a very monstrous and destructive organization and 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 at the very same time someone could be having a cocktail or or hitting on someone or yep. trying yeah. to whatever or they could the, in the exact next moment uh, murder someone in cold blood and there's no problem and into their in their minds will be no problem and so I we got this whole conversation about it and yeah go on yeah no I think I just found it interesting I mean one of the things that we know Grand Admiral Thrawn to be not just from this book, which I'm currently reading, but from the, his previous in the Thrawn trilogy, yeah. is we find out how much of a um, an admirer of good art that that Thrawn is. Yeah, like he has this. No, for somebody who is as cold and calculating as he is, yeah. as he's shown throughout his Thrawn trilogy and and in this book as well too, is that and they show this in Rebels too is his admiration for art and saying mm. that. One of the things he talks about is how, you know, the best way, I mean, he, he comments on art and, and Sarf speaks about, like, the best way to know your opponent is to know what their art is like. And you can find things and you can see things. I mean, his cold calculating way of being able to see things in, in, in his mind or whatever. I mean, that's, it, it sounds a lot like what, what, what you're talking about, how, like, any sort of pictorial dictatorship, it's the, 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 the craziness about a, a, an evil dictator is that it's not just you know the carnage and and the death and the blood and so forth but there's that underlying intellectual and maybe even you know uh, refined aspect of them which makes their 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 actions even more cold and calculating well it's, it was interesting he he um, I mentioned to him because it's so in line with um, uh, like a middle 20th century thinker named Hannah Arendt. Mm -hmm. uh, she wrote, wrote a book, uh, I think the subtitle is called The Banality of Evil. Yeah. And it's a very fascinating, you should look it up, it's a, a very interesting uh, theory she has. But um, he mentioned something also very, very, he, also the way he portrays the emperor as this, basically this powerful Sith Lord who's basically a petty bureaucrat. Mm. Like there's nothing, in the way he portrays the emperor is like a, just the most kind of quote unquote like down to earth like just very like banal he's just he's just he's a petty bureaucrat that's it that's all he is and i just thought he it spent was... most of his life doing that yeah. prior to becoming and like so, uh <laughs> revealing yeah. himself as darth I mean, sidious yeah and he only gets yeah. his kicks by hurting people and it's it's very very unsexy kind of way to portray evil yeah 
And I talked to him about it, and he said, yeah. He said, you know, the truth is that oftentimes in drama, I thought this was such a good point. He said, yeah, let's hear Oftentimes it. in drama, we... In order, to, we we make evil seem more sexy because it, it's more dramatic. Mm-hmm. He says, but in real life, he said the opposite is true. Oh wow! He said the wow. really bad people are incredibly boring. Mm-hmm. They just they're boring. They're one dimensional. <laughs> they're petty and small minded and angry and just boring. Mm-hmm. Whereas in real life. Good people are always, always fascinating because there's always conflicts and there's always depth mm-hmm. and there's always different emotions happening within them, which is what he meant. And he said, and he, I don't know if he said this verbatim, but he met, kind of hinted that that's why people like Han Solo so much because he's one of the ah, first okay. characters yeah. who's good in drama, but it's also very interesting. Yes, that is interesting. And, yeah, you're right. You're and, right. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I just thought it was a mind. I was just like, I was like, oh my god, that's the best. What a cool concept. I was just so that taken really with it. Interesting. So he's a he's a very approachable person, and his he's an excellent writer. And um, yeah, he was right there at the uh, and table. And just so nice. With just a couple. I mean, I I was expecting I was going to see yeah. like this big, wide, huge table of 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 mountains of his stuff. And I think he prefers it if he has a little bit more intimacy with the people yeah. who, are, who are coming to visit with him. Yeah. Um, I, I know I'd mentioned to him that it'd be nice. Uh, I would, we would love to have, I would love to get him to come on the podcast and mm-hmm. chat. Uh, but I think what he, he I, I don't think he totally ruled that out, but I, th- I think what he, he most enjoys is, is just the, the normality of people coming up, you know, chatting about the book, getting a book signed, having the opportunity to, to, to meet the author. Cause he's like, we were speaking about this in the previous podcast. Um, He's got to rank up there, like one of the top five, I would say, science fiction writers of all time. Oh, he's definitely no. He's a, yeah, definitely. He's. I mean, the Thrawn trilogy is important uh, in a lot of ways, and his new novel Thrawn is. It's it's in a lot of ways, maybe even better than the Thrawn trilogy in that it's really really focused on Thrawn in like yeah. the most detailed way. I mean. You know, I think we I mentioned it before, but in the in the Thrawn trilogy, which I, I love, yeah. uh, Thrawn is is a major character, but he's the side. Yep, he's yep. the bad. He's one of the major bad guys, if not the major bad guy. But he's kind of on the side, but fascinating. This book, he's front and center. It's it's the book yeah. is about him and mm-hmm. how he works, and it's really well done, and uh, it's very. It's good science fiction. It's very. It's just very good. Uh, it's a really well written book. One of the things yeah. I had actually mentioned, and I think he, he, he saw. I mean, you can see he. I don't. I don't think he 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 wants like a, a whole ton of light sometimes put on him or or be the center of attention. I think he enjoys, like I said, that that more intimate style of being able to to chat with somebody and to and 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 to know what us the regular readers are, are talking about mm. that being said yeah. he did have a nice um on that saturday before we had gone he had had a uh, a conversation with again with 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 artist kevin lyle which is also on rebel force radio if you want to hear it as well too nice. when he talks about he talks about thrawn and he gets into it a little bit about oh, cool. about the you know the, the what i found interesting was how he was approached to do the book and how he was brought out to, to, to Lucasfilm. He didn't know what they were. They, they said, we want to talk to you about 
about something, and they really didn't tell anyone anything. Really? I mean, and, 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 That's so before they're even talking about it, like you're signing those 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 non-disclosure agreements, and and you're sitting down, and Pablo Hidalgo comes walking in, and they're wow. like, they're like, do you know what this is about? And Pablo Hidalgo goes, yes, I know what this is about. And just sits down, and and. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's so cryptic. the secrecy behind Good all of God. this. But you're talking about, can you imagine what the internet was? I mean, you remember in that celebration when they announced that that th- they were bringing Thrawn, back Thrawn. Yeah, the, I mean, uh, the, and uh, everybody yeah, knew yeah. when they took this blue-skinned individual is, is, is Thrawn. The first, one of the biggest expanded universe characters being brought into canon, which... Wow. Um, Amazing. It's an it was it was in exactly. I was just very much uh, enjoyed the opportunity to 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 be able to uh, you know the, the the books that I that I that I enjoyed out of that were the uh, the the two Mara Jade books that he that oh, he had done. Great. Um, yeah, I I great, I, I yeah. thought they were just so much. They're they take they take yeah. place between uh, episode four and episode five. Um, you see their her interaction a little bit with Vader, a little bit of her, and in like these early stages. Or I'd say those yep. those. Early days of her being the emperor's hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I want to get back to that a little bit, but yeah, yeah. but let's the next person that we the next artist that we had the opportunity of of uh, of, of of hanging out with for a long time was uh, artist Jim Stranko. Oh yeah. Um, I had wanted to previously at at, at the Rhode Island Comic Con last year. Uh, we had passed by his, uh, his 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 table, and I had had my issue of preview that had like the his the Empire Strikes Back issue that came out in 1980 nice. that I had him sign for me at Rhode Comic Con. But I kept looking back, and I was I was like, oh my god, he has this print, this Indiana Jones print that I've been looking for forever. And I was like, okay, I this did my my wallet had taken enough damage for the day, and I was like, I was gonna not take it. And I tried to convince he, you. Dan tried to convince me to get it. Yeah. And, I was, and then as soon as we left, I was like, Oh God, I sure shouldn't have gotten it. And then when we would find out we're going to Connecticut Comic Con and he was gonna be there, I was like, I have to get this 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 print. So it. I'm assuming get up to go there, get the print, get, you know, say hello. Uh, we were standing at his table talking, talking for I would say an about hour. an hour or so. Yeah. Um, People in back of us, I think, were 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 getting annoyed and laughed, but <laughs> but we were speaking about certain. Now the funny thing is, okay, well, Dan, tell, tell, why, why don't you give? Uh, well, the... basically, the whole the conversation kind of opened up when um, I mentioned that I'm a guitarist and a musician, yeah. And then the floodgates opened, and he told us all these unbelievable. He's a guitarist. Yeah, Jim. not only an artist, and, uh, not only an artist yeah, uh, on, on, on the on the on the palette, but he is also a guitarist. And he, start, well. he started uh, mentioning people he knew and worked with, including Les... I work with Buddy Holly and <laughs> yeah, Buddy Holly and Le- Les Paul, Les Paul, yeah, and, yeah, um, and Chuck Berry and a um, little Richard and uh, Louis Louis Jordan. He mentioned um, just all the kind of greats and the kind of foundations of rock and roll. And, uh, and and they were real have... stories, and and it was really really amazing uh, to just know that he was a working guitarist when he was getting a start in comics. Yeah. And then his career yeah. took a turn where the comics kind of opened up, uh, but he was uh, uh, a working guitarist and a working musician in early rock music, and uh, he even um, he even had an early iteration of what's called the Jimmy Chord. Yeah, tell us about that. Tell Jimmy Chord, really, like, Jimmy Chord is, <laughs> is otherwise known in classical music as a major minor, mm-hmm. a major minor dominant seven. And in rock music, it's known as the Jimmy Chord. Okay. And then in, um, in, uh, in jazz, it would be a sharp nine on a major chord or on a, on a do, dominant seven sharp nine. Okay. Um, fine. Uh, Jimi Hendrix would do it with his pinky 
and 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 the uh, uh, was it uh, on the A, D, and G strings, and then his pinky on the B. And um, the way Starenko would do it would be on the let's see what was it, on the, uh, D, uh, G, B, and then high E. So you guys were talking each yeah, other's so language he would here. Stick, yeah, so he would stick his <laughs> pinky out like that. And I actually, since I met, since I, uh, since since he, I yeah. learned, I, I knew exactly what he meant. Yeah. And I actually incorporated it into one of the Ray Bard tunes. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's cool. It adds, it's, it adds a certain dissonance that's somehow very cool. So Yeah, it was funny. Like I yeah. said, he, the fact that he... Now, I'm saying this out of total love for 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 the artist here because he he really I mean how many artists give you that amount of time to unbelievable to sit yeah. there such a so good conversation. So Dan is yeah. is is standing to my right. I'm standing to Dan's left. Stranko standing in front of us. He's talking to Dan, and every time he mentions something to Dan, he turns to me and takes the back of his hand and starts hitting me on my chest. It's like, and you you know what I'm talking about when I say it to this guy, right? And I, like every few moments, I was getting smacked in the chest <laughs> so, with his backhand, and he has a strong backhand. <laughs> my sternum Mark, was <laughs> Mark was getting beat over and over again. By Jim, he'll never <laughs> wash his chest again. <laughs> By Stryko. such a fan. Um, but it was... Actually, we can have a table at the next Comic-Con. Oh, there you go. And you can just you, you uh, touch they, my chest. There you go. Well, that's, I don't think I'm going to do that, but that's an interesting <laughs> idea. Uh, but one of the funny things about this was is that how much... You don't realize that that You're passionate guy that, that Starenko yeah. had the, unbelievable. The, man. Well, when I went up to to get the uh, Indiana Jones print signed by him, it was just so funny hearing him say, "So I'm at like something like no, I'm at home." I get a phone call. Yeah, hello. Oh, hi, George Lucas. How are you? You want to know what Indiana Jones go look like? Okay, talk to you later. Bye. And then he's like, he makes now and he, and this this print, which you can see on our on our Facebook page. Cause I believe I posted the picture. If not, I'll, I'll post it up great it's like the first official image of what indiana jones is going to look like and he's looking big and tough and he's got like the leather jacket on and the gun and the, and the whole thing and, the cig and even a cigarette out of his mouth and he said that he he actually made that figure to look almost a little bit like him standing he said like the the, the pose that he has is sort of like the way that i stand and uh, yeah he, but he made him with the face of a thug yeah that used to beat people up when he was a teenager. That was the other point that he that, said. Yeah, which, which was unbelievable. And I don't, and, uh, I, I got a feeling he came to that that Storanko came from some very tough, tough all, streets, probably. Definitely, but, but all those, all the, all the elements of Indiana Jones that we associate with yeah. him came. What one of the things he mentioned was that they came from that picture. Yep. Yep. The whip and the the the, the jacket and yeah. the, and the the way he looks. They literally took what he did and yeah. they put it in the movie. And what people don't realize. Is that that's often how it goes in movies? Yeah, significant yeah, aspects of the plot and and of the character and whatever come as how the artists envision. Well, that goes back to, to to the Ralph McQuarrie early uh, pictures and so forth that he put up. That when 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 Locus said, you know, look. I need to show the people or, or show the 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 the, the higher ups here at Twentieth Century Fox what what this is going to look like. I don't. We'll figure out how to do it later, but this is how I want. I, I want to just see what it looks like. Yeah. And a lot of that is is you you see reportrayed back into. I mean, even those early pictures of Darth Vader. It's not completely the way that Vader looked like on the screen, but you see a generalized look of how Vader sure. was supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, that was that was very cool talking. Yeah, and I got my print, him, yeah. I got it signed. It was it was a lot of fun speaking speaking to him. Um, 
Here's the big question: If we go, yeah. if we go, if, if if he's at Rhode Island Comic Con in November, and we go up to him, is he going to remember us? Definitely, he'll I hope so. Us. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and yeah. I'll let you stand on 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 my on the left, on the left this okay, time. Yeah, okay, <laughs> no problem. Uh, all right, go go go. Moving along here, um, a little bit more of a serious note here. Um, you know, we we were just previously speaking about Timothy Zahn and and Thrawn. Um, sort of hard to, to speak about Thrawn and not speak about uh, Mara Jade. There was, there was, I mean, he was asked also at, uh, at this convention whether or not he thought that Mara Jade was going to be Somehow. pulled in into a canon role. His, his thought right now is that he, he, it, it's highly unlikely. Yeah. He thinks it's highly unlikely that that's good. He's a, but at the same time, he said... I would have never thought, in a sense, that 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 they'd be pulling Thrawn out to be doing something on on Rebels and then making him canon and having another book about him. Right. Um, so I mean, I think he I think he left the door open to basically say, no, look, anything is possible, but his bets right now is that that probably wouldn't. Yep. Regardless of that, we know everybody who's listened to this podcast and has listened to me or has listened to Dan knows that we have a special place in our heart for uh, for Mara Jade, just a spectacular character. Um, in my opinion, I, I place her as I think my favorite EU character. I'm not sure where you place your your favorite EU character, but it's got to be for you like one of, one of the top ones I would imagine. De- it's definitely up there. I really yeah. liked um, Darth Cadus. Cadus, yes, yes. I, that's uh, another good. That's another. I good actually character. just thought yeah. the, the portrayal was awesome, and I, I just that whole series was so good. I enjoyed that so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean a lot of that. A lot of that, I think, is is what we're seeing in Kylo Ren as Absolutely, well too. Absolutely, yeah. So that's yeah. maybe not Darth Cadus up there, but the, a lot of what we we read in that Legacy of the Force series, uh, I think, did is you, is showing in that. Did you know that Adam Driver actually? I think he was uh, he was either in the Marines or the Army. Yes, he was. Yeah, yeah fascinating. He did some yeah. amazing uh, some foundation where he he's involved in helping. Um, Families of soldiers who are injured or killed. oh really like yeah. wounded, wounded warrior programs or yes something like that? It's oh, not, oh, nice. but it helps their families oh, and like wonderful. with educational grants and stuff oh wow so he actually showed up to one of the ceremonies where they gave out a grant to someone no kidding yeah oh. yeah it's very cool oh that's so Amazing. nice to hear that, that a member of the Star yeah. Wars community like that is uh, is 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 doing such nice I mean, work talk about outside. talented I mean yeah. he, he was he's a, he's he training classically on piano also I mean he's a Julie wow. he's a Juilliard soldier. Actor, pianist, pianist. I mean, unbelievable. Yeah, he's, philanthropic he's, man. <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's someone to watch. Oh, All good. Of those That's so nice are, to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I, I think the same. Actually, speaking of actors and actresses, I have just, I just saw. You can probably get this uh, movie on Amazon. I, I actually. What was it? I took it out from the library like a couple weeks ago, and it was just, oh my gosh, what a wonderful documentary. It's called The Eagle Huntress, and it's narrated by Daisy Ridley. Nice. It is a fascinating look at, I believe it's in Nepal, They there's a tradition there passed on from fathers to sons that they learn how to hunt with an eagle. How you how they find an eagle, they train the eagle, and the eagles used to, as their means of of getting food and clothing. And, and that reminds and, me and of my so childhood. They, okay, yeah. sitting on the couch eating Doritos but and again, watching TV. <laughs> Dad, can you make me a sandwich? The the, the beautiful part of this movie, though, I'm just kidding. Is, yeah. <laughs> that's how it is for all of us. Yeah. But the beautiful thing about the movie is is that it shows like a girl who um in in that's in that 
culture that it's it's that wasn't a that's not a girl's place to be to be training an eagle and it shows how this girl ends up being part of like the this uh this this contest of of training the eagle and how she wins the contest wow. and how she goes forth and she actually uh does um does the actual hunting for 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 her family um uh, but daisy ridley does does the narration for that she does a wonderful job so if you want to see uh, another amazing. star wars wow. actor in a different yeah. different genre check that out as awesome. well too yeah but i i bring up mara jade um because uh yesterday i received an email and this is posted on their website as well too so official picks is doing a autograph signing with um with Mar with with the physical Luca official lucasfilm physical representative of Mara Jade, Shannon McRandall. Um, in case you didn't know, um, and, and she, she's mentioned this before, um, so Shannon's had, had some, has, has had a lot of health issues in the last couple of years. Mm. Um, one of it being actually cancer. Mm. Um, but, um, and at the same time, her, she, no, she's a mom. Her husband is actually in the military and is actually overseas right now, has oh been deployed God. again. Um, so it's a little bit of a tough time for, for Shannon and her family right now. So official picks is what they're doing is, is they're offering um, autographed 8x10s as well as the opportunity to send your items into them to have Shannon sign um, for a very reasonable cost. Nice. Um, it, it's not the exorbitant prices that you would see at a <laughs> at a celebration or anything like that. Um, I would say if you're a Star Wars fan, an expanded universe fan who loves the character, yeah. Um, I would say check it out. Go to go to the officialpicks.com or check out their 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 Facebook page to get more information about it. But um, the pre-order deadline is July 23rd, and um, it looks like you could basically send practically anything to to them to to, to, to sign. They have, like I said, there's some eight by tens. The eight by tens they have of are the uh, of her as the Emperor's hand, which is a great shot of her with the lightsaber standing there. Arika, do you know who Arika is? Tell me. Arika is an EU character that mm. Mara Jade played. Um, it was her. She was she was in Jabba's palace as a dancer named Arika, searching for Luke. Oh, and it's a part of like it's a little cool. bit of part of the of the NPR radio drama where oh, C3PO nice. runs into Arika, and because Arika is searching for Luke Skywalker because she was trying yeah. she was on the Emperor's mission. Yeah. Um, as well too, the other pictures of her as an Imperial with. Um, Good close-up of her with the Imperial Royal Guards in the background. Uh, another nice one. I actually have a couple things that I'm, I'm considering um, sending. I haven't decided yet what I'm going to. I, as you know, I already have my uh, my mini bust, my gentle giant mini bust of uh, Mara Jade signed by her already. Uh, but I also have a Black Series figure. I got that nice Insider magazine that came out a couple of years, a bunch of years ago. Uh, the Star Wars Union comic. Or even the uh, the cover for Sacrifice, the Legacy of the Force book. Oh, um, those, cool! Yeah, so I'm I'm considering sending one of those in to get to get signed as well too. Nice. Um, so you know, if you if you're if you got a couple uh, extra shekels in your pocket that you could spare, uh, you're gonna get yourself a great uh, autograph, and uh, you're gonna be helping out a great member of the uh, Star Wars community, and uh, it's a really nice. It's uh, to me, it's a win 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 proposition here. Yeah, that's a really supporting a very nice person and uh, and getting some good swag in the process. Yeah, yeah, I, I really hope uh, that uh, um, we hear some 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 good news from from Shannon in the me, future. Me too. Yeah. Uh, quickly going on the Han Solo movie. Yes. All right. So big news out of the last week. Yes. Is that 
Uh, Lucasfilm was not very happy with the progress that Phil Lord and Chris Miller were taking, so they're out and... Who comes in? Da -da 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 -da. Ron, Ron Howard. Yeah. <laughs> Which is sort of amazing because you're getting now a director of, you know, heavy hitting mainstream director to come in to do a Star Wars film. It's amazing, which is, yeah. uh, I think, gives. <laughs> I think it raises star the Star Wars movies to another level now. Well, I think we saw that with Rogue One. You know, I you think, did. You did. I think. Uh, I mean, the, the directors, I think, were every bit as heavy that worked on Rogue One. I just don't, they're not as well known. Uh, the thing about Ron Howard is that I, I heard a rumor that he's going to bring the Fonz back just <laughs> just for this movie. It's a special, it's a cameo. Is Fonz actually yes, on he's Solo? In the, well, okay, no. It's just you see at the very beginning. Oh, it's a spoiler. You see at the okay. very beginning when Han Solo's a little kid. And he sees a guy, he sees a rerun of Happy Days. Sunday, and, and, Monday, and, and, Happy Days. No, and he sees the Fonz <laughs> and he kind of takes on that character as a little kid. And hence, then since that point, we have Han Solo. And I think yeah, that'll be in there. That'd be it's a leaked scene that only I know that about. That you know about. Yeah, okay. so... YouTube pulled it off immediately. <laughs> yeah, <and then laughs> yeah, you know, I have my connections. Now, yeah, the I'm interesting kidding, thing yeah. about this, okay, so yeah. part of the reason why, uh, or at least they said, you know, Kathleen Kennedy came out with her official statement saying, you know, that it was just like they they, they weren't meeting in creative in differences. Yeah, differences. Whatever the hell so that means. So <laughs> I think, well, I, I read an article, and this was, um, yeah. this was off of therap.com, where... It said basically that Lucasfilm did not like this improvisational style of Phil Lord and Chris Miller and that it was almost like that 21 Jump Street type movie that, that had come out a couple of years ago. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, and at the same time, I found this interesting. Yeah. And I don't know what... And I was going to say also that Larry Kasdan also said that he was not liking working with his pair because he said they were getting way off of the script that he had he had he had for this yeah um but what that I, worries me a little bit but go yeah, on yeah well i mean well, yeah. let's get to we get into yeah, yeah. but the other the one other thing which i thought was yeah. was an interesting like a monkey wrench thrown in here yeah was that um the han solo character being played by um alden ehrenreich okay yeah lucasfilm is not pleased with his performances so far huh um wow we're getting now to the point where, you know, it, we're still a little under a year before this movie. They, they still say it's still slated to come out May of next year, in 2018. Yep. Um, but this, I, I'm wondering, you said one time that the great thing about having all these Star Wars movies coming out, and now this is the first time we're seeing a Star Wars movie after a Star Wars movie within six months of each other, yeah. is that eventually there's going to be a Star Wars movie that, that doesn't fly. Yeah. Are, are we looking at that? With are we this? looking? At, well, <laughs> is this the one? And is this is gonna be so disappointing well, if it's the Han Solo one. Well, oh. I think I, I think not. I mean, I, I, I hope not. I think, I think the bottom line is that, uh, and this is really where it's at, is that Kathleen Kennedy is an amazing, amazing head for Lucasfilm, and I, I really think she's doing. She is gonna, she, she is gonna get the job done and do a good job. Uh, just based on what I've seen so far, um, I think it actually might. The fact that look, it's embarrassing. I mean, you can imagine she hired these guys. Yeah, she vetted them, she hired them, and then she's got to deal with uh, a, a writer, an excellent writer, mm -hmm. an established writer, and then she's got to deal with all sorts of stuff and new actors and and a whole thing. Yeah, yeah. and she says, you know what? It's not working. You're fired. Boom. 
And, yeah. she, and yeah. then she has the ability mm. to hire one of Hollywood's brightest directors, period. So to me, I, I actually think perhaps the opposite. Maybe yeah. we're looking at, and I think this is this comes out more and more in, in how Star Wars is developing. I still hold by the theory that at one point there's going to be a Star Wars movie that sucks. Okay. <laughs> but just because it's inevitable. Okay. But I yeah. hope I'm wrong. Okay. And I yep. hope it's like Star Wars like 45 or something. Okay, yeah. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that would be the well, that would be that funny. would be the the begin uh, that would be the end of the ninth trilogy yeah so <laughs> <laughs> that would no wait the ninth what, nine nine yeah wait what was it, the eighteen I don't know my math is awful sorry no that that came out wrong what's three divided by by then it's gonna be welcome back know. to the podcast I'm Mark here's Dan we're here at the home and we're <laughs> yeah it's a lot of trilogies later anyway uh, yeah so uh, yeah. But you think anyway, this, yeah, this is no, actually so think, a good sign? No, here, it's that. a good sign, and and I think that she's not afraid to do whatever it takes to make the product that she thinks should be made. And I think she and proved it with Rogue One she did. when when they thought that or whatever iteration it was at that time that they said we cannot let this out of the can anywhere. Let's rethink this again. And I think this is an iterative process that they're using to say like it's not just. A plus B plus C equals D, and it goes yeah. out to to the theaters, and we let the we let the things roll as they might. Yeah, it's almost they're going at it from like you make it, but if it's not done right, we're going to do what it takes to make it right. It's right. almost like the way that Kershaw was also like when he did Empire Strikes Back. That yeah, it took longer time to do, it took more money to do, but if it didn't take all that extra money and yeah. extra time, we wouldn't have had the Empire Strikes Back that we all know and love. That's a great point, and I think that, and, and I don't think it's as simple to say that she's had a, you know, she has a longer relationship with Kasdan. To be honest with you, if she thought that Kasdan's script wasn't up to par, I'm sure she would tell him because yeah. the bottom line is it's she is. She took over the studio for George Lucas. Yeah. So yeah. that's a tremendous responsibility and a tremendous um, thing for her to, you know, it's and tremendously she serious. At a very high level. And she holds it at a very yeah, high level. Yeah, yeah. And if it's not working, it's not working. And she's going to do what it takes to make it work and to and to and to not be stuck in it. Oftentimes in Hollywood, you get stuck in these processes, and and then you know, it's a, you have a relationship with someone and you know them and blah blah blah. Yep. And there's a lot of politics. Yep. To me, it's clear that she's. At least to some degree, it seems like she's very much above politics, and that she's her only goal is to make a great Star Wars movie. And I think that's that's uh, that's a really really great thing. And I mean, part of the problem with the script apparently was, and not the script with the um, with, with the, how the movie was going, was that it was too funny. There were just too many like it became. It almost it seemed like, like a comedy. One jump. It almost seemed, yeah, yeah. It almost yeah. seemed like a comedy, and there you know that's the wrong direction. And when you know, I think it. You can't, as a direct. I think as a director, and I think this is what's neat that Ron Howard took the job, is that you have to understand, as a, most times the director is the one in charge, period. Yep. You have to understand with Star Wars, it's not that way. Mm. You know, there, there's a, the, the fan base, there's the there's there's all sorts of uh, kind of things in in place that need to be part of the process, yeah. and, and the team at Lucasfilm also needs to be. So you're not entirely in charge but I think with a director like Ron Howard, I think that's his style anyway. He he seems to be more of an inclusive director. He's not mm -hmm. the dictator mm -hmm. kind yep. of director. Yep. He seems to be more like he includes and he works with the actors and he he that's why he makes such good movies. Yes. So I think they're yes. going to find more of that style of director. Mm -hmm. And directors who can't do that, 
are either going to end up like this. I mean, I don't know what really happened, but, you know, they weren't able to let go of their vision of the movie, mm-hmm. and so they were let go. Yep, yep. And that's that's whatever, uh, yeah, whatever it mean, was, that's what happened. And so directors, beware. If you're going to get into Star Wars, it's not just about you. It's about a lot more than that. And, and I, that makes me yeah. feel good. It actually. does, you're yeah. right. And it, it makes me feel better about the movie, because I was going to mention this, like, when I heard it was getting into that comedic level a little bit, yeah. to me that... If you're going to give us the Han Solo story, obviously, there has to be sure. something within it. But it's not going to be the slapstick, you know, Caddyshack type of a movie that <laughs> uh, for, for Han Solo. I mean, Han Solo shoots first. And that's the funny part about it, is that he shot first. Right. Um, right. I, I, it's, it's, it, right. There's, there's a level that you can't, I think, pass. And to say, like, take it if you take it out of the universe that's already been established, like... If you accept that the fact that this is these are the parameters that this universe is in, yeah, the humor comes in in very small little doses. Sure, and it's like what Kirsch used to say about like making the love story. You can't. It's if you're not going to have the over the top, mushy gushy Titanic type scene or something like that. That in in this it movie, wouldn't work. It's uh-huh. you, you have tension. You have a little bit of this, little, little yeah. not not so. Th- that's how you have to do it with a Star Wars movie, I think. Yeah. And I think that, and I agree with you that the fact that you have Ron Howard there, who makes like that has that inclusive style, who works with the uh, the the actors and actresses under his uh, under his guidance. Well, well I mean, and thankfully, yeah. Well, thankfully, I I I got the feeling also from the, the stuff I read that they're not going to like throw out what they have. I mean, there's probably a lot of good material there what what having ron howard do and reshooting a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. and what it will do is allow them freedom in how they edit the film so yeah. that they can come up with and, and, That's and good that, point. you know kathleen kennedy and the the group at lucasfilm can be du- really involved in how it's edited and how it's presented and work with the director and i think again i think that's probably part of the that's probably part of the calculus is they picked a director who has a reputation of being someone who can mm-hmm. work with others well, this was the um, that I, is the reason for yeah. the success of Rogue One. Yes. Why we all love this movie so much. Yeah. Um, one of the interesting things about this is that's going that, that I think will come out. You know, speaking about books because this is an EU podcast. We yeah. have The literature and so forth. Um, we have never seen the making of the Force Awakens book come out. It was supposed to come out, but they didn't put it out because they they had. They had that the situation where George's vision wasn't George Lucas's vision wasn't completely there. follow through, yeah. and there was I don't think they really wanted to put out a book about that. Here we have another movie where the first six months it seems of of this process were rocky. It didn't go well. Are we? I, I don't know if we're going to be seeing a book for that now either. Well, um, pro- yeah, <laughs> probably not. I mean the. The thing is that um, it'll come out eventually. I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll re- I mean, it seems to me that like ten years from now, they'll probably release a bunch. Of the, you know, the ten-year commemorative version of Force Awakens that or whatever, be, yeah, and yeah. it'll have a lot more. The same way they did with previous Star yep, Wars uh, yep. films, and um, it's. Um, Jeez, it kind of runs like a government agency, eh? A little bit. <laughs> we oh can't my God, really shield. Now. Right. <laughs> we can't talk about that now. It's uh, it's classified. And then like 20 years later, we have released 
No, yeah. not the JFK document, but the uh, George Lucas archive. There you, you know go. I mean? Yeah, like, that's what that's what they'll do. But, um, <laughs> although the funny thing about I, just what I noticed here when I, I was like looking looking through BarnesandNoble.com, yeah, um, coming out September twenty fifth of this year, mm-hmm. you know, the Star Wars. The Han Solo trilogy, a Barnes and Noble collectible edition. You know those nice collectible editions, those yeah, yeah. Oh, books and so great. forth. Yeah. This is gonna be one for the Han Solo trilogy by A. C. Crispin, the late A. C. Crispin. Nice. Three of her stories, which go they give these very, wow. very big and and detailed novels of of adventures of Han and Chewie, and and the and the cover is great. The cover when is, is like coming the, out? September twenty fifth. It's coming out, and it has like Han. It has has the Millennium Falcon right on the cover there. Beautiful. This nice blue and black cover. But um, does do you think this does something like that? Is it just coming out? I mean, they could have chosen any of these, you know, uh, EU novels to to put together in a collective edition. But the fact that they're doing this for the Han Solo trilogy. They're starting to get the ball running on, I think, oh, on, on, the marketing? On, sure. on the marketing for, yeah. for a Han Solo movie and to Although, get back into those stories of early Han. I mean, yeah, and the, the thing is that the truth is that, and what's so interesting about what Timothy Zahn said when I mentioned at the beginning yeah. of the podcast, is that the truth is that as much as Vader is iconic, mm-hmm. the truth is Han Solo is more iconic to Star Wars. Did you ask him, does he think Han's coming back? I didn't ask him. Okay. I, we just had, we had this kind of deep philosophical concept. <laughs> I didn't ask him, okay. but I, I think it's to me it's clear that, or maybe not more, but definitely as iconic to Star Wars is Han Solo, because he's an he's a good guy. Yep. Who's not perfect. Yep. And they portray that that he's really good, but he's really kind of deep and conflicted, and there's a lot going on under the surface. And well, I'm it's wondering very if that's. Cool. Well, I mean, you speak about that, but I think I'm wondering if that's so, what's going to happen with Luke. Well, it's how it's, he gets deconstructed a little well, bit. Well, it's it, what's 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 interesting is that meaning Han Solo. They have to make a good movie. Yep. But it sells itself. It's Han Solo. It's Han Solo. <laughs> I mean, I, my prediction yeah. is that it it, haunt, it might come close to, and dare I say, even beat the record. For uh, the Force Awakens, in terms of opening, really, yeah, the Han Solo movies, I th- I think is going to be enormous. That's my prediction, just because if they do the marketing right, it could be because everyone mm-hmm. loves Han Solo. It's, I mean, first of all, yeah, if they if ever movie too, if they ever do then, yeah. a Vader movie, yeah, it'll outsell like all of them. I mean, it'll be huge because. Everyone wants to see a. Would you not go see a? I mean, oh, uh, a, I mean, a Vader wants, adventure movie that oh would my be. God. <laughs> like, who wouldn't go see such a thing? You know, or any of the, the beloved characters, Yoda. Yep. Um, the truth is, um, uh, you know, Obi Wan Kenobi. Interesting, yes, wonderful. Would be fascinating. There's rumors about what's going on with that. As interesting as Yoda, Darth Vader, or Han Solo, no. Sorry. Who would like to go back and see Yoda training as a 50-year-old Oh, my gosh. Jedi, because I mean, yeah. they live like 800 years old. Oh, my gosh, old. yeah. I mean, Can you imagine as a Padawan? Yeah. Yoda as a Padawan? Yoda's a Padawan. Or something. I mean, there's yeah. just... Man, there's so much they could do, and it would be so well, exciting. Well, I think that and, was proven when... when This is actually funny, because I just posted on our Facebook... On the uh, Traveling the Waste podcast Facebook page. Mm. I saw this video. I don't know if you checked it out. It, it, it's of somebody... He took a video of this... Uh, of somebody, of this, of this girl watching... The end yeah, of I saw, I, I saw that. That was unbelievable. And she just loses her mind with. And then she sees Leia. She's like, oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> 
that is sort of like in those last five minutes, and I, and I think that everybody who's a real Star Wars fan, whether they did it outwardly or inwardly, had that same reaction like that. Yeah. That is almost like a tiny microcosmic look at what a Vader story could be like. Can you imagine <laughs> right. seeing something like like <laughs> the entire movie of Vader going around and doing stuff like that? We would, like I said, we we would we would be would blown also, away. By yeah. It. It also, there's so much they could do with it. I mean, you could even have like a a Yoda film where it's like a retrospective, like where it's like him right before uh, Order sixty six, like in like maybe a two week period. Yeah. And he's just like thinking back on his life because he, he understands that it's all of that whole episode of his life is now ending. And it'd be neat to like for him to just like think back on things. Just almost like little this vignettes. Is so amazing. Would be such this a is cool almost idea. like you know what you're talking about here? Yeah. This is for those who want to talk about the expanded universe not having a place in, these are expanded universe stories yeah, in a sense. Yeah, I mean, when you talk definitely. about small vignettes and thinking back and going back into this, yeah. you know, you're talking about going outside the the Skywalker storyline yeah. and into other parts of the universe. Yeah, no, it's an expanded universe story. Yeah, it would be, and we could have, you can imagine, we could figure out who, like, who taught Yoda? Where did he under? He got onto all this deep Jedi spirituality. Like all these rumors. Where did he get of, to that? Yeah, all these wow. rumors of like, where did Yoda come from? What kind of a species is he? Yeah. Where did I he mean, come, How did he end up doing this as a job? And he didn't go into like, you know, textiles or something like that. You know? Right. But, <laughs> Damn it, son. <Yeah. laughs> into textiles you will go. <laughs> no, no, Dad. I don't want to. <laughs> and you're the only one in our family who talks like that, I'll have you know. Why do you speak in such a way? <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God! Could that be? Oh my gosh! Now there's an expanded universe. I want to see that in a comic. That'd be hilarious. One other thing I want to mention: so San Diego Comic Con is an accountant. San Diego Comic Con. No offense to accountants. Sorry. No, no, not at all. San Diego Comic Con starts in July. And uh, the Star Wars exclusives, one of the big Star Wars exclusives that, are, that, that is coming out yeah. will be the Star Wars Battlefront 2 novel, Inferno Squad. Mm. This special edition by Christy Golden, who I think is really starting to make her way up she's in the Star Wars to... uh, authorship here. Oh, yeah. She's um, doing great. For 40 bucks, you get this great edition of the of the novel, which has the special video game cover on it. Nice. Um, some nice art inside. Very good. Um, I've got a feeling this is going to do the same thing that... that Zahn's Thrawn novel did at Star Wars Celebration. I think it's going yeah. to sell out in minutes. Yes. Uh, as soon as the floor opens for it. Um, well, I mean, the question is what... At some point, there's going to be that crystalline moment where, like, where you know, you drop the final grain in and everything crystallizes. Yeah. There are so many aspects to, like, what happened between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. Yep. And we're getting all these different angles and 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 we're getting hints and we're getting yeah. at some point there's going to be again there's that crystalline moment where we go oh that's See, what happens together everything the- everything comes together and i think that i think that her story the story of of that um special elite stormtrooper yeah uh is going to be a big part of how things come together the video game comes out, you said, like in November, November, correct? yeah. yeah. So this so. is going to be so interesting. So, did you read this, the, the Battlefront novel from I the previous no. one? No. I haven't either. Yep. But the fact that this is coming out and the fact that, that you, you're speaking so highly of this game and, and the story, yeah. that, that the possibility of it, it makes me want to go it's, and get the, get that first Battlefront book. Uh, yeah, and, you know what? Yeah, I'd like to read it. It'll be interesting. I mean, I plan on – I don't – actually buy so many games anymore. No, I, but I don't this have time. Is, but, but this, this one, is special. This yeah. is going to be a special one, well, I think. Yeah, and also, I mean, you, you, there's a Galactic Conquest part of it. 
There were screens yeah. leaked. Yeah, yeah. So it's like the old, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's like the old um, Battlefront and a single player game. I mean, it's unbelievable. If it's a story, especially if it's this is a canon story. Well, we know she uh, meets Luke. She does meet Luke? Yeah, it's in the trailer. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, now the plot's thickening. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> literally like, this is it's uh, like it's a pretty serious. It's gonna be a serious story. It's gonna be a, a big, a big part of, you know, in the trailer that you hear the emperor's creepy voice. Yep. Like you know, we you, these ideas must not allowed. They can't. They can't allowed be allowed to go on. Mm-hmm. A democracy and like self determination. Like yes. They're very dangerous, and so you. I think we're gonna get something about how the first order really forms. That's a little bit. I mean, they go into a little bit yeah. of Chuck Wendig's uh, trilogy of books, yes. correct? To yeah. a degree, although it's very, very well hidden. I haven't yet read the last one, but I read the first. Is two. the last one out right now? It's out. Yeah, it's it been is out. out for a oh, while. okay. Yeah. So yeah, Empire's so. End. It's it's been checked out of the library since it, okay, the day so, it came yeah, okay. out <laughs> till now, which is months ago. And I've been looking. I go every time I go to the you library. Gotta check I, try, it? Okay. I want to check it. I'd out. I'd be interested. You know, this is yeah. all making me want to go back and 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 check out those first two two volumes of that uh, of that series. Um, like it, you, yeah. you, I think you touched upon it beautifully here. When that one linchpin or something, that one little extra thing comes in, and all of a sudden we're gonna have this mind blowing moment when we see all of the movies somehow connect in yeah. some way. Connected. It's it's yeah. going it's to coming. Just, just, it's coming. You it's feel def- it's coming. Well, it has to because the, I mean, eight will be a huge hurdle because a lot has to happen in eight. And a lot does. We know a lot does happen. It's I won't, more I won't dependent spoilers, on, on nine than I mean. It, it, nine is really dependent on eight more yeah, than, than, than so seven is, and eight. Yeah, actually. and and there's just a lot has to happen. And according to the actors, uh, I think John Boyega said that it's the most complex Star Wars movie out there. All the actors are saying that it is very complicated. It is, it very complicated. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's the second part, yeah. and when you get to a second part in a Star Wars trilogy, you you really have to like stack stack things higher. Well, it's the meat. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's, that's the yeah. meat. The first part is the introduction. The second part is the meat and the mm-hmm. beginning of the final conflict, and the third one is the final conflict. Yep. It's classic drama. Yep. yep. And so it's gonna. There's a lot has to be fleshed out. We're gonna learn a lot more. Which, um, I'm I keep trying to think negative thoughts about yes. Episode Eight, <laughs> so that I can function in life. And not just pine for wanting to see it. Because I actually know <laughs> that it's going to be a great movie. What so, is it going to be like on oh that December God. 17th when we're standing outside Patriot Place in Foxborough waiting for... Uh, for First of all, is it going to snow that day, do you think? I don't think so. I don't know. It's the, so. uh, it's but, the uh, Ramon song, I Want to Be Sedated. I mean, okay. like, <laughs> I mean God. <laughs> we're going to be like... like on, Basket case. By I'm that gonna point. feel much more comfortable after that because when we do these podcasts, everyone, I feel like I sometimes have to walk on eggshells because we don't yes, know what Dan's I, gonna be like if uh, if, if I can't, if, I can't if I know anything. I don't want to know anything. I know he's yeah, uh, he's, I, he's, I, he's he's trying to hide under his hat right I now. Am, to I'm keep hiding from... under my hat. <laughs> but but uh, I I might it, be getting a new hat by the way. Oh cool! Is it gonna, are you going Filoni? Uh no no I'm going like wacko. Oh really? I'm yeah. really, oh, wow. I like a weird like Renaissance hat or something. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You heard it here first on the John right. John. We're live at, on Channel 7 News. Daniel Gill of the band Raybard is yeah. getting a new hat. And there has been much constant. Yeah, right. Well, like, you know, as if, if anyone cares. I'm just. No, if we, if, when we do our next live show, we'll have to, uh, will, we'll have, to have that at the, at, the, at the table there for, with us. I, I might have to have the hat. Well, we'll see. Right. I'm not sure. 
I'm not sure. Not sure yet? Okay, yeah. well, we'll, we'll keep okay. you guys up to date about, about that, that. Yeah. as well, too. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so things, like I said, we're, we're under six months until the uh, till, till episode eight is out. Whoa. And, uh, you know, from from here, you know, I think we're going to really start heap feeling this come September when I think, you know, a lot of the books and a lot of the stories, these pre-stories and these pre-books are going to be coming out that are going to help set up for that uh, for that uh, eighth movie, but yeah. that's all for us here tonight here at the uh, the Traveling John the Waste. We're in Dan's fantastic studio here, yeah. recording this episode. Um, just want to re- remind everyone again: um, if you have the opportunity, go to the official Picks website, officialpicks.com, and you can find all the information you want regarding Shannon McRandall's autograph signing and the information regarding that. Um, it's a great thing that 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 you, you can be part of. Get some great Star Wars swag and help out a, a wonderful member of the Star Wars community as well, too. Yeah. Uh, okay. So for all of us here at the podcast, I'm Mark. I'm Dan. And you have been traveling the jungle waste once again. Good night, everyone.